Welcome back, everyone, to the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag Bear in Mind, search Golden Grizzlies, uh, search it however you want it. Just click subscribe, and the latest episodes go right to your phone. You never have to look for them again. And I'm excited uh, for this episode of the Bear in Mind podcast. This is a guy uh, that was great when he was here at Oakland, got Oakland a lot of national attention, and really was a good guy to talk to, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation. We had him on the Greg Campy radio show about a week or so ago, and I really wanted to dive a little bit deeper. He, he's an NBA champion now. He was a coaching associate with the Los Angeles Lakers, a big-time performer here for the Golden Grizzlies as well, and a, and a mathematical prophet, the guy that proved to everyone that three is, in fact, greater than two. Of course, he is Max Hooper. Max, what's going on? How are you, my friend? Neil, how's it going? I'm doing great. Um, it's great to, to reconnect with you, you know, get back on the get back on the audio recordings, and um, excited to be here, and hopefully we can... Uh, Put together a good episode. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I know that. I, I know that you've always you've always been good for a good episode, though, Max. But you know, before we get into to what happened to you uh, this NBA season, uh, just give everybody an update. You know, when you left Oakland, uh, you went to the NBA G League. Just kind of take us through to there. What, what was the path like from the G League to coach and associate with the Los Angeles Lakers? Definitely. So it's been. Um, you know, I, I finished at Oakland in 2016, so it's been four years. Um, which, you know, you blink your eyes and it's been that, that long. But also really, you know, I'm, I'm still not that far removed. So uh, my first year, well, actually, excuse me, let me uh, as, right as soon as I finished at Oakland, I, um, you know, with my senior year, got, got a lot of national attention, you know, put a pretty, really, really good uh, three-point shooting numbers, got the chance to participate in um, NBA pre-draft workouts. So worked out for five uh, teams in the pre-draft process and then, Went to summer league with Oklahoma City Thunder. That year, I was fortunate enough to be a first-round draft pick to the Westchester Knicks in the NBA G League, and had a brief stint there. You know, did things didn't exactly work out how I had hoped. Got cut. Kind of got the, uh, you know, the cutthroat nature of pro basketball. Got got a welcome to pro basketball that way. Um, in my second year out of school, I was able to get a contract in uh, the NBL in Canada, Canada Professional Basketball League. Had a pretty good experience there, but, you know, I just was working, always putting extreme amounts of effort, extreme amounts of time and dedication into being the best player I could. And it just wasn't paying off and wasn't giving me the results that I wanted as a pro and um, it was definitely discouraging. But I think one day it just happened where I just – I just flipped the switch and I said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate all this energy, time, effort, and commitment to being the best coach I can be, you know, instead of being the best player I can be. And it's been extremely rewarding so far. Um, as a player, I always knew coaching was what I wanted to do. It was um, a natural, seamless transition from constantly being in the gym trying to improve myself. And now, you know, whatever team, organization, or wherever I'm at, I'm just trying to help the player the, the players that I'm working with get better so I was fortunate enough to get my coaching start at the prep school I played at Brewster Academy in New Hampshire um, coach Jason Smith has been there for over 20 years now he coached me there in 2011 and he welcomed me with open arms to come back on the coaching staff for the 18-19 season where I coached a team um, with tremendously talented players uh, I believe eight players went on to get Division One scholarships, and one was even 
um, went straight to the NBA from, from the prep school ranks. So that was a really, really awesome opportunity. We won a national prep school championship. And then from there, I worked extremely hard and networked and hit the ground running and um, got an opportunity to get my foot in the door in the NBA as a coaching associate for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, coaching associate is, a you know, the entry-level position and, you know, you're doing video work, you're helping out on the court, but it was how I got my foot in the door and, um, you know, obviously COVID presented its challenges, but I got a really, really good experience from September to March as a coaching associate for the Lakers and now here we are and now uh, from there I became an, uh, an NBA champion so extremely grateful for all of the uh, opportunities to date. Max Hooper joining us here in the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Great to catch up uh, with Max and you know Max when we go back through your year your senior year here at Oakland and, and you look at all the national acclaim that you brought uh, over 200 field goal attempts 200 shots in a game none of which uh, were two-point shots and you know, you and I have, have cut cut up about this many, many times, but what was the point of that season where you realized, hey, I'm not shooting a two-point shot? Was it halfway through? Was it at the beginning? When when, when was the moment that you said, yeah, we're not going to shoot any two-point shots? Man, I mean, like, like you know, as you know, I've been asked this question many a time. Yeah. But, you know, what I maintain every time, you know, I just say I, I was playing my game. You know, I was doing <laughs> – I was, I was executing my role – um, you know, Coach Campy has a system, you know, every year or pretty much every year, there's a high volume three point shooter. Um, you know, some, some years it's, it's high efficiency. Some years it's not that year. It was extremely high efficiency and that was my role. Um, you know, the goal, the goal, I didn't even achieve my goal that Coach Campy set out, which was just to average 10 three point attempts per game. I didn't even set that, get to that, but, um, you know, my goal was to come out and, basically just run around and um, cause confusion for the defense. You know, me, me hunting for my shot, I knew that would create openings for my teammates like Kay Felder and Jalen Hayes, Percy Gibson, guys who really um, could benefit from me attracting defense. And, you know, it was just me executing my role. You know, I knew what, what my strengths were. I knew that teams having to um, dedicate attention to stopping me from knocking down shots would help the rest of the team. So I, uh, I tried to do what I did best. And I think that helped facilitate other guys do what they did best. And it was um, one of the best offensive teams, I'd say, um, that Kenty's had. And, and really in recent college college basketball memory, it was a tremendously talented offensive team. And um, I would say my shooting was, was a big uh, part of that. Yeah, there's no question about that, Max. I mean, that, that, team, that team was on SportsCenter often. Like they were a go-to Scott Van Pelt. It was Scott Van Pelt's darling team, the Golden Grizzlies. He would check in all the time because of what you said. I mean, it was just an entertaining team to watch. I remember getting the the streaming numbers from ESPN Plus, and they were they were through the roof. I mean, they were so high, and it was unbelievable. And you could really associate that with the fact that you guys played such an entertaining brand of basketball, right? You had it all. I mean, you had you that. That it was, I, I, this is a compliment. Believe it when I say it. It was like the ultimate rec league team that every that everyone could relate to. I mean, you you had your point guard, you know, your your point guard that was a little smaller in stature, but but had the incredible vertical that could jump and dunk and run all the time. And and you had you that just shot three pointers. I mean, you, you that team had it all, Max. Absolutely, that was that was um, you know 
I played basketball for ever since I was four years old, uh, and it was uh, the best basketball experience I had as a team. You know, it really, it really still bothers me to this day. You know, that that, that team didn't um, get to the NCAA tournament, and uh, you know, obviously with the passing of my father and the timing of that, you know, it really, uh, it really still upsets me. But that was that was the most positive basketball experience I had in my career, just based on being a part of a team and making an impact and. You know, having synergy with guys like like you know Felder and um, Jalen Hayes, it was a you know I just feel like overall it was a really really positive um, positive experience for for all pretty much most, I would say most of the players involved. Yeah, and there's a lot of pros uh, that are still playing professionally off off that team as well. And certainly you've made your mark as a coaching associate with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Max Hooper, our guest on the Bear in Mind podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you along and a great conversation, as always, here with Max. It's great to reconnect with him. Uh, so, Max, uh, take us through that then, coaching associate with the L.A. Lakers. I- I'm sure you got a story or two uh, that you could share. I, n- I know you shared one with us when we recorded the, the Greg Campy show about a week or so ago, and, and-, and you told a very entertaining story about uh, a run you had with LeBron James. Sure. So, um, yeah, this, the story I told there was, uh, you know, it's funny because when I was uh, my first year at Oakland, we had Brandon Williams on our coaching staff, who's um, a really uh, close friend of LeBron's. He played high school basketball with LeBron, and um, now is a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers front office. And he, uh, you know, because he was there whenever whenever LeBron would come to town, he would he would come to uh, come to the Oakland games. So I think I believe LeBron came and saw um, two of our games. So he definitely had an awareness and, and knew who I was and remembered the story, I assume, and, you know, remembered um, what I did during my senior year. So a lot of times for the Lakers, um, we, had, we had a veteran team, so if, if there's certain guys who weren't, weren't getting too many minutes, um, you know, the starters, they weren't always going um, 100% in practice in terms of, you know, they might have a, a little nagging injury or they might be getting treatment. So the, the guys who were a little bit deeper in the rotation, they need to, they need to stay in shape because – one through 15 is, is number 15 is just as important as number one. So, um, you know, everyone has to stay ready. So a big part of my role would be to be a practice player and to go against the guys who weren't getting that many minutes to keep them in shape and keep them ready. So then one time, uh, in practice, um, or pre-practice work, I, uh, was scrimmaging. I knocked down a three and, um, LeBron walked by and was like, man, I know that guy. That was the guy that uh that shot only threes and free throws. He didn't shoot one layup. <laughs> and then um, you know, some people some people thought he was joking or exaggerating. And then like I kind of overheard it on the sideline. You know, he's like, no, no, seriously, like he only shot threes. Like didn't shoot one layup. And then you know the other players are like, now one layup. And he's like, not one layup. Um, so that was that was fun. You know, that was cool to be recognized and just a little bit of a an ego boost, I suppose. But um. You know that that all, what, I, what that also really shows is you know LeBron's um, incredible basketball knowledge and just in terms of being a student of the game. You know, I mean, I would say what I did was there was there was some recognition, but it, it's pretty niche. You know, it's not necessarily like that big. But he, uh, you know, he's a he's a student of the game. You know, he knows his stuff and he pays attention. And uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty funny 
store. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I enjoy. Uh, I enjoy listening to you uh, tell that because, hey, man, LeBron knows math. He knows that three's greater than two. There, there's no question about it. I mean, that's that's scientifically proven. Max Hooper, our guest on the Bear of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can search hashtag Bear in Mind. Search Golden Grizzlies. However you do it, uh, we're grateful that you are. But we're catching up with Max Hooper, coaching associate with the L.A. Lakers last year, NBA championship for him. And, Max, you and I have talked about this offline before. You're there. You're, you're, you're in practice with these guys. You're working these guys out. And one of the stories that you always tell is with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, uh, with, with everybody on that basketball team, I don't think the common fan knows. I, I think they turn the game on and they say, wow, LeBron's great. And and they see him at uh, you know the championship parade and they're like, wow, what a great life, all the adulation, the championships. But you, you are around this 24-7. You've seen this firsthand. Would you agree with me when I say that that maybe the, the common basketball fan doesn't have a full appreciation, I guess, of this job for LeBron, for Anthony Davis, for everyone, 1 through 15, like you say, the guys first through 15th on the roster, this is a 24-7 job, all the way down to every single thing they put inside their body, every meal they eat, every drink that they drink, everything they do is building towards the ultimate goal of being an NBA championship. And, and people talk about taking a day off or something like that. They're literally, I know it's a cliche, but there, there is no days off for these guys. I mean, when you're at this level, Max, you know you've competed against them. You, you, you tried to get into that world. There, there is no sec. There's no seconds off for these guys. It's twenty four seven, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, my my perspective on that is, you know, the NBA is. I mean, we can do the math and all that. You know, in terms of how many high school players, how many college players there are, there's a four hundred fifty jobs available in the NBA, and you know, these guys are the genetic best of the best of the best and it's so competitive that you have to do everything you can to separate yourself um, in terms of extra skills training, extra weightlifting, smarter diet, you know, smarter uh, creating a sleep environment, you know, getting massage, getting, getting stretching, getting any type of thing that can give you an extra edge because it's so competitive and it's also so grueling on your body. So, you know, Guys like a LeBron, who was in year 17, who just finished year 17, age 35, still performing at the, the peak of the peak um, in his career. You know, it's just a testament to the work and the effort and the time that he puts into it. And, you know, like you said, it, it's consuming. It, it consumes your, your being and your existence. If you really, really want to be great and you want to last in this league, you know, there's certain guys who will get a cup of coffee, you know, get, get fortunate enough to, um, you know, break into the NBA. But, it is so brutally competitive, and the casual fan—I don't—I think they definitely underestimate the amount of work um, that goes into it. And like, uh, just for perspective, you know, practice would be around ten or eleven um, when we have practice, and you know, the video staff—that they, they, we'd be the first ones there. We'd arrive around seven, seven, seven thirty, eight, somewhere around there. And you know, the fans—he's on the court pre-practice, working for forty-five minutes, working on ball handling, shooting, passing. Just you know, not doing anything that you know that it's, it's not rocket science or anything like that. But he's, he's just doing skill development drills. He's just continuing to hone his craft and continuing to work. And then, then there'll be practice. Um, and then after practice, um, guys will get extra shots out. Guys will lift. They'll go into the training room. They'll get their modality. 
skills, their treatment, whatever they need. And, you know, that's what makes this league so great. Um, and what, what makes these players so great is the amount of effort and time and dedication they, that they put into it. And I think, I think um, what I, you know, as a player, I always tried to do that myself and dedicate myself to it. But when you're in college, there's still, you know, I'm not going to say the distraction of class, but, you know, class, you're still in school, you know, you're not, right. this is not your job. You're not getting paid to do this. So there's still time that needs to be dedicated to that. You need to go get office hours and you need to, you know, there's none of that here. You're, 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 your whole existence is basketball. And, um, you know, obviously guys have families, guys have lives outside of it, but in terms of the time that you're turned on and the time that you're, you're, um, locked in and engaged in being your best, you know, you, you have to do that. Otherwise, um, there's someone else coming for your spot. And I think the same the same mentality applies to being a coach. You know, I, I had no idea the amount of time and effort that, that I would have to put in and dedicate to being prepared for a team. So just, just to give the fans a little perspective, if we're playing a team five games from now, I'm watching all five of their games that lead up to our game. So we're preparing, you know, sometimes it's 20 hours on a team we're preparing for their how they play offense, what plays they run, what players they like to run uh, run plays for, um, how those guys score, and then how they how they defend um, actions, how they'll most likely defend us, how they if we played them before, how they defended us in the past, what they might do differently, you know, if a certain guy's out of the lineup, um, how that will change their um, approach. So the amount of detail that goes into it from the player's side of things and the coach's side of things is, you know, absolutely incredible. But at the end of the day, that's what makes it the best the best um, basketball league in the world. And, Max, when you have that responsibility, too, other people are putting their professional careers in your hands because as, as you break this film down, they're dependent upon the, the job that you do to take that as the gospel to move on to say, hey, this is how we have to prepare for this situation I mean, it, that's that's really what intrigues me about professional sports. You you are, and, and don't get it twisted, man, you are putting your career in another person's hands for them, counting on them to achieve at the highest level. Do you, I mean, I, I know you don't sit there and think about that when you're breaking down that film, but that's really what it is. Is that fair to say? Sure. I mean, it's my job to give them the right information and to have the players properly prepared, and then it's their job to go out and execute our game plan and to, you know, just do their best towards making the impact towards winning. So, I mean, if, if, you know, if we give them as a coaching staff something that's inaccurate, then that's on us, and that reflects poorly on us. And that, you know, if you do that too many times, that'll, that'll affect your future employment opportunities, I would say. So, um, I mean, what, what I love about it is that as a player, I always demanded the best for myself every day because I never took a day for granted in terms of practice, game, workout, like, I always just wanted to be my best because I knew that would give me the best chance to get to the highest level I could. And now, you know, I have to do the same as a coach. And it's, um, you know, I'll tell you right now, when you walk into that Lakers practice facility and you see the trophies up top, you see the retired jerseys, you know, you see Bryant, O'Neal, Johnson, Abdul-Jabbar, you know, all on the wall. It's like, it just makes you raise your game a couple extra notches and it inspires you to to be the best you can be in your role. And, you know, this year my role was, you know, helping with workouts on the court and then um, cutting up film, and I was happy to do that. I did it with a smile on my face and did it to the best of my abilities every day. 
No question about that. Everything you've ever done, Max, has always been to the best of your ability. I, I saw that firsthand real quickly before we let you go here. So so what is next for uh, Max Hooper? And look, we, we, we talked about that, and, and you said, hey, I got, I got, I got an entry-level spot. I did that to the best of my ability. But as we were talking about earlier, that this is professional basketball. This is the National Basketball Association. You're only as good as 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 what your you know your next opportunity is. So so what's next for Max Hooper? Sure, you know, um, there's so much still, you know, because of the COVID situation, still so much uncertainty on when the season is going to start. So there, there's still conversations to be had um, regarding me and the Lakers. So I don't, you know, I don't have a clear answer for you yet at this time. Um, potentially could be back in a in a similar role for the Lakers or. You know, maybe there'll be other opportunities. So I'll, I'll kind of just leave it open ended at this point because I don't I don't have a definitive answer. But it's a um, extremely competitive industry, and you know, it's also a, a industry that's constantly changing. You know, so I, a week before um, I moved to LA, I, I I had no clue that the Lakers were going to offer me a job, and then they offered me a job, and then within a week I was gone. So that's kind of how it goes, and. Um, you take whatever opportunities you can get and run with them. So at this point in time, I'm just uh, grateful I got my, my one year of experience, got my foot in the door, and um, excited and uh, enthusiastic about whatever whatever may be in the future for me. Well, Max, as always, man, we appreciate the time. When that next moment comes, you know we'll be reaching out. We'll be catching back up with you and seeing where you're at. And uh, you know, checking back in with you, Max. You're always a great conversation. I appreciate how generous you are with your time. To, to this day, you, you've never said no to anything I've ever asked you to do, to anything Oakland's ever asked you to do, and uh, we're grateful for that. Thanks a lot, Max. Thanks so much, Neil. Thanks for um, having me on, and thanks for sharing the story. Yeah, absolutely. So, for Max Hooper, who indeed did prove that three was greater than two, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Bear in Mind podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Well, see you later.